I'll do a bit of fiddling with the mic. Yeah. Are you able to? You can see it as, as you will. Yeah. I'll just I'll play with this here and then figure that out. Um, okay. Interesting, like. Yeah, these guys go for like two. Oh, I've started two by the okay, way. Okay. Um, cool. These are about two fifty on uh, Amazon. All right. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty basic. Yeah. You can switch them up at the back. There's a. I'm gonna fit on this side here. Uh -huh. There's different oh, types, right. so you can record like choirs and. Okay. Uh, so music do, and stuff like that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You can do single person recordings, just changing the setting at the back. Uh -huh. Fiddle with this so you can hear better out yeah. of the headphones. They're pretty good. Cool. And again, they're just basic and easy to use. Mm. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So firstly, thank you for doing this because this is the first time I've done a podcast with someone that I didn't know. Uh, were you like, nervous? <laughs> I wouldn't say, I think a bit, yeah. Is I anxious get a bit the nervous. Same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm talking like... When I have a Zoom, when I'm with my Zoom interviews, right. like when I chat with somebody that I've already known, I feel so at ease. But if right. it's someone like I don't know, I like want to make sure I've got all the questions perfect right, and right, all right. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I definitely, I hundred percent did more work for this one than I've done for any of the others. <laughs> but that's more so because it's something I'm usually I don't prepare too much. But if I'm going to do podcasts with people that I've never met, that. Uh, had an opinion that I heard that was interesting to me, like what we talked mm. about with the cancel culture stuff. I think I want to make a better impression to, I don't know, I just don't want to waste people's time either. I'd rather be prepared and have an idea. Whereas a lot of the other ones I'll do podcast wise, it's a bit more, uh, oh, we do, I can, I do swear a bit. Yeah, that's all right. I probably I swore on the previous yeah, ones, yeah, but yeah. um, sometimes it's more of a shooting the shit type mm -hmm. podcast. Sure, sure. Like we did, me and my friend while we were away, up north we did a drunken movie review <laughs> and it's fun like it's just a bit of fun but yeah, um that's sure. more shooting the shit than it is like trying yeah. to learn something it's but just... it's also like just getting feel like you're dabbling in a new medium right sure. so you're just kind of figuring out what how you're going to do it and it's people other people are involved so yeah, yeah. like the best way to do that like is it more about getting drunk and having a like laugh or is it more like investigative <laughs> yeah yeah it's i'm not sure what it'll be yet i think i'm still trying to figure out like finding my voice in this mm. but it's pretty still it's still very early days i think i've done this for two months so yeah it's still pretty early but um again yeah thank you for being on it's yeah. really cool so um no worries i've told people I, I did a podcast talking about this one coming up and how i was excited for it because of i first heard you on a saturday doing uh, a segment with craig hamilton mm -hmm. about cancel culture yeah and I'd never heard, uh, I'd never read those articles before or learnt really much about them because I I don't really follow the news a lot mm -hmm. anymore. It's mm -hmm. very hard to keep track of it. I, I would follow it when my sister was in journalism because, like, that was her job. Yeah, so I like supporting her articles. Her articles. Stuff yeah, like that. for sure. sure. Yeah. Like, she uh, she wrote a bunch of stuff. This might give my who I am away, but she, <laughs> she, she wrote a bunch of articles when the royals came to visit. Oh, right, yeah, Because yeah. they came through where she works. Yeah, and, uh, she isn't like, that funny? Yeah, she big got, news, yeah, big she news. got to shake Megan Markle's hand. Right, right, right. That's her claim to fame. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, but apart from that, I'm not really big into the news. Mm -hmm. So when I do hear about things through, like, uh, like radio segments, yeah. or I get a lot of my news from podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and okay. that's sort of my main uh, way around it. But So yeah. I heard you on that, and just sort of, if you could just, sort of start with the background of what that article was about and what you took oh, away yeah. from it. So the ones that I was talking about with Kemo, yeah. um, there were two articles. There mm. was um, the first one in Harper's Magazine. This was like just a few weeks ago. Mm. 
and it was signed by uh, over 150 high-profile people. Right. They didn't actually use the phrase cancel culture, and I yeah. think I read that the original version had cancel culture and yeah, they took okay. it out because that's, I guess, a, a controversial word, but it was um, a bunch of different people in high profiles but very different opinions yeah, for sure. um, that were just saying... Um, if we want to, um, if we want to, and, and actually like quite openly anti-Trump. Right. Um, and they were just saying, if we want to bring about change in this country, um, we need to have civil debate. Right. And, um, it wasn't that long. I think, um, it wasn't necessarily a new idea. No. Um, but... The, the thing that really got people talking about it was all the different names that were on it. Right. But um, it's interest, it was interesting to me that um, something that in many ways I still find to be the status quo that for the most part people can say what mm. they think. Um, it's interesting that people found it so inflammatory and it almost right. made you think like um, maybe this is slightly worrying yeah yeah okay <laughs> um, because that many people were sort of putting their name attaching well, it to well, something as a worry well no 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 like oh. it it was interesting that people put their name on it and then that people reacted so negatively and some people right. um when they found out that other people they disagreed with had their name on it they took their name off it right and then um there was a follow-up article by in a less prominent the objective um, I think the objective yeah that's right yeah, and yeah. and that was that was signed by um, some other high-profile people, although you didn't see all the names because some of them had non-disclosure agreements, mm. and they were saying um, they were they were criticizing the original article because they said um, people in power are writing these, are signing this, and we want people, we want to hear from the disenfranchised and the sure. marginalized, and. Yeah. Um, one critique of it too was the um, the lack of I guess they said diversity in mm. the in who was signing off on it too. Yeah. A lot of it was sort of high profile people who were white. That yeah, was another critique of the article. Yeah, but it's interesting because article. I believe the first per- the person that wrote the original the the, the original author of it mm. is a black man. Yeah. So um, and then it was interesting because I follow him on Twitter yeah. and he was he was like, do I need to go out and spell all the different people of different culture and ethnic backgrounds that mm. signed this because because he felt like some people weren't aware of how much right. diversity was actually on that list but i personally have not gone through yeah, and sure. and looked at who's uh, you know like created a tally for sure um but then yeah there's more um billy bragg who is a like um political music have you heard of him he's a musician nice. um he's kind of kind of strikes me like bob dylan in a way oh, but okay. maybe a little bit more left-leaning, a little bit more right. underground, workers' rights, union, lefty guy. But a musician, did you say? He's a musician, right. but he's like a political, like a folk musician. Okay. Political, like, and a lot of his songs talk about um, injustice. I'd say he's an activist as well. Yeah. And he said, um, like, they were, like, the people in the original Harper's letter were, like, the gatekeepers of power, and right. and um, he was like, we need we we need to, you know a quite a, as you might expect a, a radical left folk singer to say yeah, like we yeah. need to rebuild from the from the right, right. from the start and um, um, 
I, I mean, it, you know, and I, I, I found both sides interesting to think about. And, yeah. and, and Billy bragged like I like his music, and I'd like to think that most of the time our ideals align. Yeah. So even that made me kind of second, because I really wasn't that offended by the Harper's yeah. article at all. Right. But, um, but if you read that, gar- so it's a Billy Bragg article in The Guardian. Okay. Read the comments as well. Right. Because the comments are compelling too. Like, I mean, I, I think it is, um, I don't think it's uh, all, com- it, it's, it's not, it's obviously not a open and shut case. Like, no. there's a lot of things to discuss around it. And, and I'm open, you know, my big thing is I want to hear, I want to hear people's rationale as to why they right. believe what they do, you okay. know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, right. but I, I um, as I said with Hemo, um, I do worry a little bit that the um, that sometimes I don't even want to use the word cancel culture, but mm. um, I worry that we um, are are being so critical about smaller issues and we've kind of overlooked bigger ones and right. I worry that um, sometimes um, just by being so critical about smaller things people on the left might just decide I'm done with this and people on the right notoriously don't care anything about offending people or right. anything like that so they're kind of like you know <laughs> yeah I get that come yeah. over yeah exactly right, come right, on right. over yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair yeah. yeah there was one thing that I found really interesting when I looked up the so the the first uh, article is called a letter on justice and open debate mm-hmm. which um is sort of the the first article that was talking about cancel culture without actively like saying the name right mm-hmm. and a lot of people were criticizing uh oops mm-hmm. a lot of people were criticizing individual uh individuals who wrote their name down on that uh, article. Yeah. One of them was Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people said, are you aware that this person yeah, also yeah. signed yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he And the person who signed it alongside that they mentioned was like a really notorious Fox Fox News guy. Oh, right. Real right wing. Right, right, right. Real, sort of... Sort of like Tucker Carlson, but okay. more inflammatory. Right. If that's possible, I guess. Uh, but like... um, And Malcolm Gladwell said, yeah, I was aware... And that's why I decided exactly. to sign it because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the thing is I that, saw the tweet I yeah, saw the, yeah. exactly and, the tweet you're talking about and yeah. I think that's the I have an issue sometimes listening to people who I disagree with too yeah and sure. I think they're an idiot and I'm <laughs> I think it's within my right to say what I think about it not say it openly but I'm allowed to have my opinion on it mm-hmm. I can, there's a lot of people I'm not a huge fan of in yeah. media or whatever but. I don't think it's right for me to assume that nobody else should like them either. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and and I sure. think that's where I stand on the cancel culture thing mm-hmm. is that I'm not I I don't always love the opinions that people espouse because I don't always agree with them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that means they shouldn't have that opinion. Yeah. I'd be more happy to talk to them or have someone else talk to them and then maybe I'll learn more from that yeah. side anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Um and Growing up, I sort of learned that people are very different mm-hmm. and it's not really that, it sounds really corny, but like we don't really need to focus on the differences that much because we have more in common than most people think, but you just never mm. sit down to. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sounds I'm... very Disney-like. It's a no. bit of a corny quote, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, s- in, you know, I could probably go into that in great depth, but right. I do think 
um, I worry about divisiveness. Mm. I worry about divisiveness, uh, particularly in the United States where I'm from. Yeah. And the idea that unless we, but I would, I'm sure, and I agree with that to a degree for sure. Yeah. And I, but as I told Hemo, because Hemo was saying the same thing on the podcast, he was like, um, we should be able to sit down and have a debate with someone yeah. that we disagree with. And I was right. like, well, what some people would say is, what if that person um, is uh, Adolf Hitler or Mussolini? Right. What if that, and, and I don't think necessarily it's fair to compare uh, even someone on Fox News, which I can't stand, yeah. but to, to Hitler. But, it's um, a stretch. It is. It is. It is. I mean, they. You know, that's that's probably Fox News's opinion that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I guess some people would argue um, when 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 are there certain ideas that are so foul and disgusting they don't deserve a voice and um, and you know I like and I guess that's what I said with Hema. Like there are some really disgusting ideologies out there but i want i want to change people's minds Mm. i don't want to make i don't want and and there there was a few good i've tweeted a few different articles interestingly even though new york times has been criticized for being one-sided it's like they they went through the new york times went through a a a big thing i don't know if you've been following it all but like they fired their or they no no they didn't fire their um very least like the editor stepped down and then there another conservative person stepped down and i was like oh this doesn't look good like i want to hear both sides but then after actually maybe maybe there was a lot of stuff going on because after that happened i started actually reading some some critical articles about Mm. some like some things happening on the right Mm. um or excuse me obviously they criticize everything on the right but some some things happening on the left as well um so one one interesting article that I read and I tweeted about is um, you ju- and it was from someone who signed the Harper's letter. So if you go through my Twitter, it's probably like a few weeks ago now. Right. But but it was basically saying you can't cow people into agreeing with you. What like, is, sorry, what does that word like, mean? Like like cow like bully. Right. Like to okay. bully someone or to silence someone is not the way to change someone's mind. Mm. And that's I guess the the ultimate point is um, by telling people you're stupid or your thoughts are um, evil or racist or anything like that. I'm not mm. saying that they, um, I, but it's, it's tough though, because like if a legit KKK member was, was next to me, mm. like spouting um, stuff I disagreed with, it, it would be challenging for me to be like, um, let's have a nice conversation about, yeah, you know, you know, this type of right, thing. Right, right, As I'm sure it would be for you, too. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. <laughs> like, It'd be a bit on the nose. It'd be a bit of a shock, I think. So, like, so so there is there is this kind of, I guess, this line, and that's the thing, is who gets to make the call as to when you've gone too far. Right. And, um, and it's tough because I, you know, I tend to be a very, like, very, you mentioned on, I think, one of you, your podcasts on, on this, that, that very few things offend you. Mm. Me, personally... I'm not easily offended. I have gotten upset over things, but right. it's um, it's very rarely um, it's very rarely like a specific term right. or something like that. But also, I'm aware that I don't. I've never been in someone else's shoes, and right. you you have to, you know, you have to consider that, particularly when it comes to you know. I remember when the 
the Me Too movement happened. Um, that was really interesting because, um, you know, I think I've dealt with uh, like a few things in my life that um, I've kind of brushed off and haven't bothered me. Right. But just because it hasn't bothered me, it doesn't mean that any other woman has the right, right, to just brush it off for sure. And and so I guess that's like like it's a it's a there's a lot of different factors that you have right. to consider. For sure. Um, and something you mentioned with that Me Too stuff. Yeah. When the way you interpret and uh, experience and handle what you said you mm. brushed off mm. might not be handled the same by another person. Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. So, and that's... There's a weird parallel in that to me where there's... Um, let me see how I formulate this. There seems a parallel between that of the line that you draw of what you don't find offensive as in in the Me Too scenarios Mm. of things that you passed off. Yeah. That line might be further away or closer for another person. Exactly. And because everybody's got a different line, that's the parallel I draw with the cancel culture stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I find something offensive, I don't think that means I have the right to tell other people Mm -hmm. that they should or shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. And that's the thing, like, um, an example I use is like uh I don't know, maybe it was probably over a year ago now when I was at Newtown in Sydney. Right. And um it people were drunk and a whole bunch of guys were coming through the um Sydney tra- or the Newtown train station and me and a few girlfriends were leaving and um one of the guys, like, they all kind of, like, messed with us a little bit. Me and a few of my girlfriends right. were like, hey. And, like, somebody gave my friend a high five. And she, like, she kind of dodged him. But the guy came up behind me, put his arms around me, and kissed me on the neck. Right. And um, I just kind of froze. And I, um, when I lived in Washington, D.C., actually, I was mugged. So I certainly find myself a little bit on edge when it comes to, like. Um, it's pretty understandable, like, yeah. Like, like being out at night with men and I and that's probably a, a bias that I have and right. I feel bad about that but I do so I kind of froze but you know what like um he kind of laughed about it I just froze I didn't like react I didn't get angry I didn't cry or anything um and he he held me for a second and then he left and he, he was probably drunk he went with his friends and it was one of those things where it was like um I I think that's kind of iffy behavior yeah for sure i'd agree (laughs) you know but like i'm not gonna go personally like i've dealt with shit like that a lot and i've probably done dumb stuff and i'm drunk and that is not to excuse him i definitely Mm. don't want to excuse him for sure but this is the thing for me it's like uh i I didn't lose sleep over it i do remember it as a story to tell so that's interesting Mm. but for me i just think if a woman there are other not just women, anybody out there mm. that is have have suffered from some sort of trauma or right. maybe have not. Maybe they're just sensitive, cautious people and, right. like, that type of action could cause, like, especially if something's happened to them before, that could cause, like, severe psychological damage for or, sure, like, you know, sure. they, so, so it's, like, uh, it's this question of, um, you know, we can't, we can't walk around, like, being unaware of people's, um, like trigger points all the time, but can we find this common denominator that we all agree that to a point is unacceptable, you know? Yeah. And, and, and who gets to call that? And I guess the, a lot of people who advocate for, um, for free speech and stuff like that, they just say, well, um, 
Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> it is a weird one. Like, and I don't know if I have to double check this. I probably mm-hmm. should have re- I should have looked that up before. You, uh, um, free. Sp- I'm pretty sure we don't actually have free speech in the same way you guys do mm. in the states here. Yeah, sure. Um, there sure. are there are um, uh, parts of law regarding hate speech in Australia mm-hmm. from the last time I checked. So yeah. it's a little different to yeah. in the states. Which I didn't know. Yeah, I actually yeah. just, uh, probably sillily, I assumed that we had free speech the same way no, that you guys do. I don't think do. you have free speech. But we do have speech, yeah. uh, um, what would you call it? Like laws re- around speech yeah, and what you sure. can and can't say. But sure. they're not very well defined from yeah. what I read about. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of weird. Like mm. there's, I don't know if there's many cases where hate speech or anything like that was sort of called on as a as a precedent in a legal case. Yeah. But, um one thing I wanted to ask you about too, which we sort of touched on about from mm-hmm. where Can you're I from. Can I say one more yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, go Sorry, for it. I just wanted to also say that like what I'm talking about with like guy in the in the train station, that right. is an action. That's right. not a that's not a word, right? Yeah, okay. So like that's important to like when we're talking like yeah. they're two very different things too. Right. Like I do think that um, you know, they're they're still like when we talk about going too far and what right. offends people and everything, um, I just think that uh, I mean, words have power, and we have to be careful sure. with them. But there's a big difference in an action and a word. Still, like we still can't stop. We need to remember yeah. that. Yeah. One thing I actually yeah. this is the most distinct thing I remember from your Craig Hamilton segment. Mm. You, I think you mentioned your father telling you sticks and stones will yeah. break your bones, but words will never hurt you. <laughs> and there was like a primary school, elementary school story of a boy breaking up yeah, with yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and you were quite upset about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, that, I yeah. mean. Words can, like, lead to actions, too. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this crazy story of the girl who basically convinced her um, boyfriend to kill himself in the States. Like, and she went to, she got, um, she got, I don't know if it was manslaughter or what, but, like, 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 we can't completely, um, yeah, like, that's why we're having this conversation, because we all realize to a degree that words have power. For sure. But I guess also, um, I do think, um, you know... For me personally, when I see people's actions, that for me is um, is is a just as big of an indicator as people's words. But it's funny because if someone has a huge platform and tweets a few hateful things, you wonder about that versus you know like what influence does that like yeah. that thought power have compared to somebody who gets in a fight with someone else on a Friday night? I don't yeah. know. I don't I know. know. What There's, you mean. They're interesting things. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The distinction's good though. Like. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's an important distinction to make. There's mm-hmm. physical things and there's words. Something, yeah. something I, in and out of high school, I did quite a bit of therapy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I talked a lot about with my therapist was um, I was bullied a lot as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reason, one of the things he taught me a lot about, which is sort of along the line of the sticks and stones yeah. thing, but it's also that you can't be responsible for anybody in the world's actions. Yeah, yeah. And you'll lose way too many, uh, way too much sleep trying to worry about it. Mm-hmm. All you can do is worry about your reaction to things. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where I would like to sit down and question the the motives behind why people did certain things to me, but at a certain point, there's just no use in worrying yeah. too much. All you can do is just try and get through it. And and yeah. it's not the same for I I by no means have had bad experiences compared to a lot of other people had a pretty good life yeah but it's i think it's something that has helped me a lot and i don't know whether it would help everybody Mm -hmm. but it's something i try and stick with is that 
I can't really control what other people think or say. Yeah. It's, I can I can have a mm. I can have a dialogue to them if I wanted to yeah. pick their brain on it and maybe sure. change their mind. But ultimately, it's not up to me. All yeah. I can really focus on is improving myself and learning for myself. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, it's a good thing to yeah. remember, and particularly right now, when we're in the midst of having so little control over anything in the world. For sure. You know, that's why I've like um, I I try. You know, I've been. It's, it's a funny thing it's it's because you're kind of talking about power right mm. and like how can we have have control and power in our right. own lives and it's um yeah that's that's funny because i've never i don't think really been bullied fortunately and i'm sorry mm. to hear that you have mm. um but i think that um i want people to like me a lot um right. that's it that's that's I, i'm kind of um a, a slave to wanting and it's, it's a problem because i want to be a journalist right so i right. want to be try to try to give like accurate information but i also sure. never want to say anything that will hurt anybody's feelings right. so like um just interesting like how do we um how do we we find um yeah 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 it's a good it's, it's, it's good. interesting it's what good. you're saying yeah it's i good. a lot of a lot of what the reasons i got bullied as as a young kid was mm. because i cared so much mm. and i had to start i sort of had to get good at pretending i didn't care what people had to say and then that turned into more of a confidence that I legitimately didn't kind of. didn't mind what people yeah. had to say about me because I can't control it. Yeah. I just yeah. try and be good to people. And yeah. if I'm good to people, I know that I'm yeah. making an effort, do you sure. know what I mean? And yeah, if I'm yeah. if I'm doing uh what I think's my as as close to my authentic self as I can, I sort of feel like I'm on my way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I read sure. a lot of self-help books if no one hasn't noticed, but like, yeah. I love yeah. a good self-help yeah, book. Yeah, for sure. I actually think probably um, maybe I was maybe once bullied in a work situation. Right. And um, um, and it was awful. It was actually one of the hardest times. Like, I mean, and it's lucky. Like, how lucky am I if the only time that I've ever felt bullied was in a place where I got paid, right. you know? But I read... Um, that I remember the Christmas that that I was employed in that job, I went home and I read several different self help books, and right. it was actually interesting because yeah. I don't even know necessarily. I couldn't tell you. Uh, there's, there's there's a very famous guy who's written a few ones. He's in um, uh, a highly effective people. Seven. Oh, habits. Tim Ferriss. Is that who it is? I think it is. Uh, yeah. I don't seven know habits of the seven, seven habits highly, of highly effective people. I think people. it is Tim Ferriss. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like he, it's he not. has another in my. I, I don't know. We don't have to look it up. Yeah, I probably, no, 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 no. You're probably right, but for some yeah. reason, I imagine it's someone else's name. Right. But Stephen Covey. Isn't it Stephen Covey? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I know that. I was just trying to think of people that are self-help. I think. Okay. I'm not. It was Stephen Covey. Okay. And it was not the. Uh, it was not the highly effective people. It was the other one, making friends and influencing people. Is the okay. other one he's done. But right. but it was so like all of that was kind of. You could just cut all that. But the no, point okay. is. Yeah, yeah. The point is. Um, it was really nice to read some help, self-help books when you're in the midst of feeling like nobody understands what's going on and you're trapped in your head yeah. and you need someone to give you some kind of advice. And it was, I read more self-help books that Christmas than I have since or after, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think they're good. I hate the term self-help because I feel like it's a little bit, it doesn't quite encompass right. the power that they have. For sure. You know? I yeah. think there's a bit of a... Especially growing up, I always assumed that as soon as I finished high school, I would know what was going on in the world and I would know what I wanted to do in my own little part of the world. Mm -hmm. And you, I sort of assumed that I would stop learning at that point too right. and that I didn't need to learn anything else, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is no. horseshit. Like, obviously, 
You're but, so young too. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. so much to learn, young Exactly, couple. right, right. So I think <laughs> uh, I think some people think of self help like, oh, what do you need self help for? But I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of an asinine way to think about it. Yeah. Because I don't think you should ever you should never it's sort of the reason that so the podcast name is smallest fish in the room mm. my first job out of high school was i was a glorified cleaner i would oh, really? wash bus shelters for advertising companies okay so there's these big bus shelters in melbourne yeah with like a poster inside it uh-huh. i would put the poster in and i would clean the shelter okay squeegee it yeah, yeah, i had yeah. a pressure hose it was a yeah. night shift job um and most people oh, are wow. my bus stops at night at night right yeah. oh boy in, it's all parts of melbourne yeah um, sure are you, my main part was Richmond, which mm-hmm. is the yeah. highest amount. I used to live in Melbourne. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. sure, so, sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of dodgy nights yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Richmond for sure. But yeah. um, the my trainer at that job, his name was Emmanuel. He was uh-huh. a little Greek man. Yeah. And he had this uh, – he told me one day you should try and act like you're the smallest fish in the room. And he meant small fish in a big pond. Right, right, right. But he had his own weird take yeah, 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 on yeah, metaphors yeah, sure, sure, and sure. didn't want to hear about yeah, yeah, that yeah. they were wrong. Yeah. And the idea of it, yeah, he was no, a, he was a very, yeah, he's it. a good, good yeah, human yeah. being. But he, um, he would talk about how you want to come into any situation and be humble enough to take advice or critique on board mm. because that's the only way you're going to improve on yourself because every, sort of go into any room and assume that you know less than everybody there. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and that's sort of that self-help, self-improvement yeah. thing, I think, that's I think me. that's a great idea. And, I, you know, I have a hard time with that, actually. Like, especially, I think, as I feel, I still don't, like, I don't know. I'm, I don't think that I'm a big fish in a small pond by any means. Right. Like, but I, I think as I've kind of advanced a little bit in my career, I've been a little bit more critical of criticism that I've received. Right. And it doesn't, you know, and I think the, the the more that I go in my career, the more I will get criticism. But I do think, like, um, you don't necessarily have to dwell in every bit of feedback sure. that people give you, but um, it is important to say, uh, really what you're saying, isn't it, is just to stay humble, I yeah, guess. Basically. like Like, and, and to not think you are, um, um, not immune, but um, we can all sometimes improve ourselves. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I like that. I yeah. like that. Um, and I used to work as a cleaner up in Port Stevens, actually. Right. Um, okay. So, so. And Where I in Port Stevens? Um, in a hostel. There's, I cleaned a hostel in exchange for accommodation. Right. And it was wonderful. Do you, are you, do you know? I used to work in a hostel, too. I can really? Samurai? No, 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 not that hostel. Sorry, oh, okay. I'm back in Canada. Oh, I, was, right, okay, I worked okay. in a hostel as a housekeeper. Oh, right. It was yeah, great yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because I'm a very messy person. But, um, I had they gave me a caravan to sleep in. Right. And um, I where just, in Port Stevens is, uh, is the hostel? Like it's off of Frost Road. Okay. Um, they're like the loveliest couple right. and family, but it uh, it is a um, cleaning things in general is a humbling task. Very humbling. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, for sure. It's good. It's good to do. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, you can't forget your roots sort of, but yeah. it's funny, like Hamo has some interesting thoughts on criticism and praise. Right. One thing he says, and he's not, I wouldn't, well, he's kind of like a mentor to me in some ways. Like I do, um, he's very different to me, but he's been in radio for a long time and I do right. value a lot of, um, a lot of what he says, but he says you have to treat, he says, and this is different to what you're saying, but he says you have to treat praise and criticism the exact same way. Mm. Just like kind of let both go. There's a quote yeah. that's very similar to that yeah. by, uh, I think it's the guy who wrote The Jungle Book. Oh, yeah? Upton, and it's, uh, no, no, no. That's The Jungle. That's different. Okay, I was going to say yeah. Upton Sinclair. No, it's that's, it's yeah. about greeting victory and defeat in the same mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, right. Not letting it affect your like self-value or worth. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's similar, yeah. Like, 
I guess your any negative criticism, you can maybe take it on board and learn from it. If you can sort of push away, then something I find to do, like if somebody is negative towards me or critiques me, yeah, and it comes it comes from like a hate. Um, it might come is an emotional thing. Yeah, it yeah. seems more like a, mm-hmm. a a jab or a bullying yeah. maneuver. Yeah, yeah is trying to separate how much of it might be that they have a point. So, like, yeah, for me, a big issue for a long time, and, I like, obviously I like to talk, I'm doing a podcast, mm. but um, I guess people would say I talk too much and I wasn't really listening to people. Mm-hmm. And even though they said it in a way that sounded like they were bullying me, and this person in particular isn't a big fan of me anyway, mm-hmm. instead of just throwing that aside and yeah. thinking they've got no point, because they don't like me, they yeah. could actually have a point yeah. in that. Sure. Even though it might come from a place of negativity, I could learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just look at everything as a bit of a learning opportunity yeah. to, and for your own self-improvement. Right. There is one more quote about that. I actually think that, I don't know if it's Chris Rock tweeted it. And I, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm looking, you know, it's not like I get loads of criticism every day mm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said never, I hope I'm quoting this correctly, he said, Never take criticism from someone who you wouldn't take advice from. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. That's because bad. um you know, I I am I when, when someone has something negative to say about me, uh, you know, I wanna hear that. If I you know, I can people can say lovely things about me all day, but the one person who says something negative about me I will dwell on, on that. Sure. I'll focus on that. But um it was just interesting because I do get criticism from people I respect a lot. And when that happens I think maybe I, like and maybe even to seek out criticism from people who you respect and you would right. like their life. You know, that's another, another thing. Like, think of criticism as a tool. Yeah. But, um, but you know, if um, if someone is in a different direction from what you want and they're criticizing you a lot, then maybe you don't have to take that as seriously sure. as you do for someone who has the career mm. or the life that you want. So yeah. So. Okay. It was interesting. Right. Yeah. And so you talked about a little bit about the journalism world. and Yeah. Hammer being a mentor to you too. I wanted to yeah. ask you because about five minutes in, I realized I didn't start with the first question, which oh, was right. like your background. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, well, that's okay. We jumped into the deep yeah. stuff. That's cool. Woke. Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, I wanted to learn sort of like, so you grew up in the States. Yeah, I grew okay. up in South Carolina. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, so there's South Carolina and there's North Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Are they both in the South? They are. Yeah. yeah. Why is there a separate? Um, I'm. Oh, you should, I should not, I think there was a little bit of a, you know, it's kind of like, I think there's a Virginia and a West Virginia, like, right. um, um, I don't know if there was, I should know more about the history okay. of, of, of either of them, but right. there is a bit of rivalry between South and North Carolina, okay. but um, they're both Southern. I'd say um, one big difference between the two, there's a little bit of tiny mountains in South Carolina, but there's some bigger, more beautiful Appalachian mountains in North Carolina. Like, right. they're both part of the Appalachian, like, mountains. But um, North Carolina has a bit more, um, would it be topographical diversity? The land, like, you ha- you can have mountains in the west and then the oceans in the east, where South Carolina is definitely a little bit more beach-focused. Charleston, okay. there's lots of beaches that... Um, people go to in South Carolina. Right, okay. um, but they're not hugely different. I think North Carolina, just to give you, if you're thinking about politics, mm. um, Barack Obama um, won the um, 2009 election, or excuse me, yeah, I guess it was 2008, 2008 yeah. yeah, and he started in 2009. 
with the help of North Carolina. Right. So it's a swing state. And I was living in North Carolina when he was elected. So I was one of the North Carolina swing state voters. So that was quite exciting. Who was he against in 08? um, In 08, it was uh, John McCain. John McCain. Obama versus John McCain. 2012 was Mitt Romney? Yes, that's right. Yeah, okay. Very good. Very good. You know, Americans cannot tell you anybody who's running in Australia. Right, okay. As a generalization, but I think it's pretty true. Right, okay. So, very good. Okay. Especially because you're like 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I thought I'm a big... I got into podcasting when I was 17. Okay. And a lot of the podcasts are like... Dr- sort of revolve around self-help but a lot of i listen to like one in particular that's political mm-hmm. um and they have a lot of political candidates on and stuff yeah so but it just, it's interesting to me you wouldn't i like it, politics like you barely you would have you would have just you wouldn't have been able to vote when obama was even in, no. in office yeah no. yeah yeah. But he was a good. big deal here oh like, he was it was huge. a big it was yeah. a big news thing yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. i could i followed it on one of the news site one of the news channels in australia at the time too but um so you start. So you were born in America. Yep. And you've lived here how long? Um, ten years. Ten over years. ten years now, or right around. So no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I came over here on a working holiday visa. Okay. In two thousand to Melbourne. Right. In two thousand and ten. Right. Yeah. I like how you say Melbourne too. It's yeah, closer yeah. to us than the Americans. I know. I know. It's weird. And it's, Melbourne. It's it's weird because I speak. Um, I think a lot of people don't think I sound that American, and right. I still find it a big part of my identity, but a lot okay. of people think I sound a little bit Australian at this you, stage. You, it sort of like flits in between an American accent and an Australian yeah. accent. Certain words I'll pick up, and it sounds yeah. more American. It's got yeah. a bit of a twang. I hate it, though. I hate it, because it's still like... Like, I don't, um, I don't want anyone to ever doubt that I'm from the United States. Like, it's okay. just... Um, so it's a big part of your... Yeah, okay. and like when my partner and I went... like. Like, who is Australian? When he and I go back to the States, it's been really weird because sometimes people have presumed that we're both Australian. Okay. And it actually makes me upset a little right. bit. Because I'm like, no, I'm from South Carolina. Right. Is it a... <laughs> could you explain, is, is is South Carolina a place with a very strong, like, identity? Oh, uh, uh, well, it's just the... I guess it's um, the South. Surely you'd meet a lot of South Carolina Carolinians that are very proud in their identity. But it's not that I, I, I'm not... Hugely proud to be from South Carolina at all. But, like, I, I, I told you earlier, I worked as a tour guide in Kentucky. Right. And, like, the stronger my accent, the better they tipped me. So, <laughs> it was just kind of, it's just kind of like, I've always, and, and when I was in Kentucky, like, when I went to school in North Carolina, they knew I was from South Carolina. Right. I don't know. It's just, like, it's been interesting because I have always, like, identity is funny, right? Because... Before I left South Carolina, I didn't know that South Carolina was a huge part of my identity. Then I went to school in North Carolina with a bunch of people from California and New York that made fun of certain phrases that I said sometimes, not often, right. but I realized that whether I liked it or not, South Carolina was who, part of who I was. Then I lived in, um, then I went overseas, and after I went overseas, it was like, right, you're an American or a United States citizen and um, you're gonna you're gonna have a certain perspective sometimes whether you like it or not, and it's not that I'm like, I don't cling to that, but I don't I don't like to, for people to not understand that about me either. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And so you came over on a working mm-hmm. holiday visa, yeah. and you're still here. So yeah, how did that yeah. how did that happen? Uh, it involves a few things. An ex boyfriend was right. in there. Um, um, a lot of back and forth. So I came over and then I didn't stay the whole time. I was back right. in Kentucky in my tour guide job, um, back and forth. Um, and then my ex got a job in um, Newcastle and he and I moved here. 
And then we split up. Right. And then he was Australian as well. And then he went to the United States. And right. I stayed here. So and we did a stayed. bit of a swapsie. Okay. And I stayed. And then um, I got with my current partner. Right. And I started working in my field. And, okay. Um, yeah, I guess the rest is kind of history. Right. But it was a, it was a big, like the whole thing. I don't know. I, I think it was such a big, fun adventure. But I do, when I talk to other people about it, I do think it was... Um, a little bit naive in my part. I didn't have much money in the bank at all when right. I first came over here. And you might have, I don't know, you were in Canada recently. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a fun, exciting thing to do. But you, um, I think, had I known some of the risks that came with it, yeah. I might have had a little bit more savings. Right. I would have been a little bit more strategic. Like, I don't think now I would just up and leave and move somewhere without having a little bit more of a plan. Okay. But also, you're young. Like, when you're yeah. young, you do those types of things. Yeah. So, I'm moving like, in a week with yeah, not much exactly. of a, I've got a job, but not much of a plan otherwise. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had a big adventure it's ahead gonna of be you, cool. actually. Yeah. So, so that sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. should be interesting. Um, And so you studied in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Is it communications over there? Um, It was a arts degree in um, creative writing. Creative writing. But I did okay. take a journalism class. And right. before I graduated, I was writing for the local newspaper over there. I had an internship. It was called for the Asheville Citizen Times. And then I, after my internship, they kept me on as a freelancer, and they'd pay me uh, like an abysmal amount of money to write right. write articles for them. But it was great. It was a, yeah. it was a great to actually and I actually. It's think, getting your foot in the door a little yeah, bit too, right? Yeah, it was huge. It's just so funny by having. I actually think if I had not been published for the local newspaper, then I might not be able to get anything else. Mm. So it was really powerful. It's getting credits, isn't it? It's just like a really funny thing by having a byline. Yeah. By saying where have you been published and saying you've been published for um, Gannett. At the time, that was the like published the the publisher company. It's it's a really it's it's a bit unfair how much power that has in some people's eyes. Okay. But I mean, it 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 worked in my favor. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so you came over and worked. I'm assuming could, when I was doing my working holiday, yeah. I did odd jobs. Yeah, yeah. It when was I was nothing, in Canada, it was nothing journalistic at all. No, okay. I was um, not even a really that much work. Um, but a, a little bit of waiting tables yeah, okay. um, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah hospitality. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted to do more writing stuff, but like nobody, I don't think when you're a working holiday visa person, like I don't think anybody's that, um, inter- like your your visa is up in a year. So yeah. like why would they want to hire you? So, sure, but yeah. I knew that was going to happen. I was like, I'm just going to be a starving artist and write. And I did write a lot right. and stuff like that. So, There's a bit yeah. of romanticism to a starving artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a you're, funny expression. You're like you're grinding almost, and you're you're sort of yeah. hustling to get by, but yeah. you're doing the thing you love. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. romanticized. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was definitely like, um, there were definitely like a few um, interesting moments in the in the hospitality industry where right. where you where I was like, oh, and and the other interesting thing was um, after I graduated, I worked for um, uh, just under a year in Washington D.C. Okay. For the Wilderness Society, I was right. in comms, and I had my own office, and um, that's awesome. Um, I was paid. I was paid yeah. like minimum wage, but still to be an intern and be but paid. But to have an America. office, who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's epic. No, but it was just funny because I remember like polishing cutlery in Melbourne and like feeling like exhausted and being yeah. on my feet all day and just thinking about that office that I had and being like, "What did you do?" <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and so you're. Uh... Who wanted? Who made you want to be a journalist in the first place? Oh, that's a good question. I don't like think... your heroes or literary heroes, like book uh, authors or anything like that. Um, I, I've always read a lot. I've always okay. loved reading. Um, but I've also always uh, this is a bit 
I don't know. I've always felt like I have things to say. Right. You know, so um, when I was in high school, I wrote for the student newspaper. And actually, even in high school, I did a week with the local Free Times newspaper Mm. where I rode around with the journalists there and stuff like that. It's always been like, this is so cool. Like, with this medium, when you have, like... Like, this is, this is where they actually care what you have to say. Right. In a way that... And also, it's interesting that I've been doing more, like, vlogging and be, doing more stuff on radio because I actually feel much more confident when I'm writing than when I'm talking because I can think about it and I can see the words in front of me. Right. And this, this you know, this new stuff that I've been doing is kind of... Um, I still feel like I have things to say. Right. But when I'm writing it, I can I can look at it and I can move stuff around yeah. and I can decide exactly how I feel like I can I can be the viewer more where this is a bit more word vomit where um I say um a lot. I say um right, all right, the right. time. It drives me crazy, for example. It's just not as polished. Okay. Um, but I don't uh, I mean I I read, I read a lot of nonfiction. Um I love David Sedaris, who's a creative nonfiction um writer from North Carolina. I love um I was just thinking, I just recently read Cheryl Strayed's Wild, which is another nonfiction book. Um, I read, I start a lot of books. I don't always finish them. Right. Um, I love, I'm just trying to think like off the top of my head. Is that a record um, player too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's awesome. uh, <laughs> We've got some, we've got some cool, cool different creative things in here. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know what I read that like, and I love poetry. I do some poetry nights here, which right. is like the opposite of journalism. But um, I you actually. Are you a Robert Frost fan? Um, sure. I mean, not okay. a huge one, but... You could love him or leave him. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But, um, I, um, I love... Actually, I have, um, all my money goes to, um, new subscriptions. So, I read the New York Times, I read the Washington Post. I obviously, I have a subscription to the Newcastle Herald, which is kind of funny, because I write for them. Yeah. Um, I am about to get a subscription to the Atlantic. I love National Geographic. Uh, and, in fact, I have a lot of magazines from National Geographic that I'm still going through, even though they were from last year. Um, I love um, the. It's called the the New York Magazine, which is different from the New Yorker, which I also love. Um, and um, uh, Outside Magazine, my I have a like my Twitter feed is most and my Facebook is just cultivated to to show news. So actually, right. it's funny. I do read a lot. Uh, like I do love books, and when I was younger, I read a lot of books. But I'd say I read more news now than than I ever have. Okay. Even though I worry about the news sometimes. Right. But I love the news. I love okay. and I love I love articles like the Atlantic one that I sent you that that make you pause and consider things like and that's what I love about the written form is you know we can record this podcast for an hour and it'll be there. There's probably a, hopefully some interesting things that will make people pause and think. But if, when you're writing an article, you pick the best bits and okay. you throw it at people and ideally in ten minutes or less they come away with like some some, some completely new perspectives based on a few facts. And um, carefully worded phrases. <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> I get what you're saying. So yeah. 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 I th- journalism's a form. I feel like too. This is like this is sort of speaking on from mm. what I learned from my sister because yeah. she was doing doing it for a number of years too. Your, I guess, like you can sort of you're giving an argument almost, especially depending on what the piece is. But yeah. like, if you're talking about a political argument or an opinion yeah, piece, yeah, sure, an you're giving, you're giving your formulated opinion. Um, and whether that's positive or negative, you're, it's sort of showing that you're set in it a little bit. Yeah. Or yeah. Sometimes it's presented that way. Absolutely. Th- and yeah. like, there's positives to the fact that you can plan and 
know what you're writing yeah, before yeah. it goes out. Because exactly. I've been worried about things for this podcast yeah. and I understand it's not a big thing it's not oh uh, but it's there it's, it's there, there and it's, it's there going forever to be, right for yeah, sure. yeah yeah and um the cancel culture podcast I did I don't know when like a month ago I was a little worried about doing that in the first place uh-huh. mainly because again the opinions that I might have I, I, I sort of try to say in most of the podcasts I do that a lot of the things I say it doesn't mean I'm set in my way like sure. I'm pretty open to being having my mind changed on most things because I don't think I'm I don't think any age category should automatically give you the right to be set in an opinion. Sure, sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a baby. Like uh, I, don't, I don't think my uh, yeah. my opinion should be set in stone at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I haven't learned enough. Ideally, I haven't seen enough. Ideally, no one's ever is. Ideally, we'll always be open to um, to information that can change the way we think about things. Right. Yeah, but um, but um, that's interesting. Like, um, you you right now you want to be careful about what you say but um i don't know i think you'll be all right <laughs> yeah for sure yeah I, and I, it's more so i think i put a bit of uh i try to measure it a little better mm-hmm. yeah. just so once i know i've said it uh i'm a bit more sure that it's something i want to i want to be putting out there if that makes sense yeah but, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean yeah you know it's, it's, once it's out there, it's out there. But sure. um, I give, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I, I hope that a lot of people are the same way. You know, right. yeah. You gotta like, hope for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One yeah. thing I wanted to ask you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, an experience my sister had working in journalism while she was mm-hmm. was that they had a lot of issues with their local demographic of readership, who are. Uh, were sort of upset as they transitioned over to digital. Mm-hmm. And it's never something I've really sat down and asked her about. What, yeah. Can you sort of give me your take on where the transition began? Do you want to do you yeah, want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I remember when I was writing for the Asheville Citizen Times over a decade ago. Right. You can have some more coffee. I'm going to grab some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, might, it might not be hot anymore. That's but. fine. <laughs> You're going to be awake. Um, I think that, um, even when I was, you know, 20, not even 20 years old, I think I was maybe 20, the age of 20 when I was writing for, um, the Asheville Citizen Times. And even then they had the print version and you could read it online as well. I think at that stage, like almost all articles would have been free because the internet just wasn't as common and the people that were buying the paper were still so many. Um, it wasn't the majority. Yeah, right. but I remember even um, when I was in D.C., so that was just the year after that, um, um, talk, yeah, I, was a, I was working in comms then, not in journalism, but I just was, remember at a, at a restaurant somewhere and some guy was like, how do you feel to be in a dying industry? And I'll never forget him kind of saying that. And I think it's, um, we, I, I guess I just believe we've got to be adaptable. Right. And I think, I think, um, the Herald has. I think that um, they had to introduce a paywall. I think most places do. I get frustrated because um, I wish that there was some sort of way where you could pull articles from everywhere on the internet and just read them individually rather than having subscriptions to each places. Yeah. But um, I do. I think there's something nostalgic and romantic about print journalism. I get 
Um, I get a real thrill from seeing my story in print rather than mm. online. There's something permanent about well, there's that. There's something physical too. Yeah. You're getting yeah. that physical thing and you're seeing your name there. Yeah, on the yeah. Bio. It's right. a big thing. It's a big thing, but I, um, oh, I, I, I think it's something is special, but, but I might be, and I think all of us have to be willing to understand that it probably won't always be there. Mm. Um, and... And maybe it will. And, you know, there's, there's like, print revivals. I think, like, recently I was reading that bookshops now, like, um, private, not private, but um, small bookshops, yeah. not, like, not like corpor- corporations, but right. small bookshops are having a bit of a revival. So yeah. anything can happen. And I love the – I love it, but, but just being willing to adapt and um, – and encouraging, like, I worry that, like, older people who are used to having the paper every day with their coffee, um, like, their physical yeah. paper in their hand are are not going to understand um, the idea of reading the same news on their phone. And that makes me sad because it's still the exact same information. It's yeah. just a different way of, way of processing it. So yeah. it might be a generational thing where we, like, slowly phase. I mean, maybe it'll keep going. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a funny one. It's fascinating. And... Um, and it's really interesting because when it does go online, suddenly that information is available to um, everyone. Mm. It's not just your local newspaper. Yeah. Like I could get a subscription um, to the, you, you know, I could I could easily read the Asheville Citizen Times from here in Newcastle yeah. Yeah. if I got a subscription to it. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's sort interesting. Of, it's opened up, I guess, a global market if there's the potential for it, if that makes yeah, sense. Like it, you can read exactly. what someone has to say in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is powerful, yeah. but kind of, you know, interesting because, um, there's a lot of global ideas and stories that are floating around. And if like one story goes viral and you'll see local newspapers reporting on it, but I worry sometimes we are, we're all talking about big picture issues, but sometimes small, but important votes that happen or mm-hmm. situations that happen yeah. in, um, in small towns, they don't get people miss it. And yeah. So and and we and you know like when that was a way to keep up to date. Yeah. 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 So um, so it's it's a fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, there's there's pros and cons, and I think we won't it won't be until ten years from now that we can look back at this time and be like, oh, we should have been we should have been trying to protect our our local small town newspapers more. Yeah. Or we or we say, um, wow, we should have just let that go. We should have jumped on this new technology faster. So yeah, I digress. <laughs> no, it's okay. it's, yeah, it's a weird one for me because mm-hmm. I understand the. I love CDs. I've still got a yeah. lot of CDs, Aww. and there's a nostalgic factor to it. Yeah, but I still have all yeah. my articles. Like right. not necessarily my homes of the week. I don't really. They're not as special to me, but um, like the big articles that I do, I still go out and buy the print paper. Yeah. Even though I have an online subscription where I can see it and I can continue to link to it, but also like you don't know if something will happen and it'll go away right. too. Like my, um, I downloaded a while back all my articles from the Asheville Citizen Times and they were like scanned in versions of the print because I don't. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because we say nothing goes away if it's on the internet, but at the same time, it actually yeah. it actually kind of can, right? You know, like someone can take down the whole website, and then like you know that's why people freak out about um, of their website getting hacked and like mm. losing like you know years worth of blog posts right, or, right. or all those types of things. So, for the for yeah. the articles, it could be an idea to like have them printed on like small canvas. Yeah, that that would be well. Yeah, because it yeah. seems it it might even it starts looking like a piece of art too. Yeah, but like yeah, just as a as a record. Sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have them just in like, um, like when I 
when I was looking for jobs in the States after I had kind of wrapped up my internship slash freelance gig with Asheville Citizen Times, right. a wise woman was like, you need a portfolio and it needs to be physical. And I just got a, like a booklet with like plastic sleeves and I just cut out all my articles and put them in there. Mm. And it's, I think I still, I might even be here somewhere and it's like so ratty and the newspaper's so faded. But I was really grateful to her for that because it meant that if I ever got called into an interview or anything, right. I could say like, these are you know, my, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's right like here. having certificates for a job yeah. when you're like yeah. doing an interview. Yeah. 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 And also it's like a little bit of history. For sure. Yeah. We're just remembering again, remembering your roots a little bit. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how much time do you have? Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I, how much, I'm just wondering because um, my, my friend and I are going to dinner in a little bit. Yeah, so okay. she hasn't messaged me yet. Okay. My was just like, do we have like, how, how much time do you have? <laughs> I'm, I've got nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could do like, another 10 minutes or If something. that's okay. Yeah, I had one, one. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, the, it comes back to the cancel culture stuff. Okay. Um, and it's something I've been sort of playing with in my head. Um, it's not a concrete argument. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that, again, I'm like, this is how I feel. This is it for sure. Um. A few of the things they talk about in these two articles, they talk about ideological conformity uh-huh. and how people are expecting people to go towards a certain idea. Yeah. And if they're not conforming to that, that means X. They have to yeah, get away and stuff like that. they're bad, yeah. And there are a few other, like, a few things that were in both of the articles that made me think about this more. And it's less of a thing in America, uh, in Australia, but because we're so connected to America these days, that's sort of why I'm mm-hmm. ba- what I'm basing the argument off. Yeah that the article wasn't just going up against the left-wing people, uh-huh. that the right-wing in America is just as much to blame, but their I, their method, uh, methodology for cancel culture is just a different thing. Okay. So in 20... I, wrote, I got this written down. So uh, Colin Kaepernick was the yeah. football player that mm-hmm. took a knee. I think it was in 20, uh, 2016 mm-hmm. he took a knee. Um, and he told he he spoke about why he was protesting and taking a knee for the flag uh, in the anthem. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of right wing pushback for him yeah, doing yeah. that. Yeah. And people wanted to say he did this, and even though he said openly why he did it, yeah, they said he knelt against he knelt in the anthem. That means he hates the veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. means he hates this. Yeah. So just as much as the left is guilty of assuming what you mean yeah, by yeah. something, the right yeah. are just as bad. Yeah, yeah. But the way I think that the right-wing people sometimes go about it, especially back then, and I'm starting to notice it, it's sort of coming over to the left as a methodology too, is they attack the business model or they attacked, uh, I don't know what word I'm going for here. The example I'll use is so NFL viewership, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the NFL... Between 2015 and 2017, the stats on viewership went from... In 2015, it was 17.9 million people Uh per year. And in 2017, it went to 14.9. So it was a three... Three? Yeah. Yeah. Three million million people viewership drop. Right. And so So there's an argument that their their way of trying to cancel and affect the bottom dollar of the NFL... Was by right. not watching anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because then advertising money gets taken away, mm-hmm. merchandise sales gets taken away. People were burning Kaepernick's like jersey. Yeah, yeah. Because they were so upset, but they go about it in a different way to, uh, I guess, the social media. 
side yeah. of it, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things that happened to the NFL in that time that may have affected their image, so it's not sure. like a, a, a straight-out thing. Yeah. There was a lot of... Um, a lot more news coming out about CTE and the like cognitive brain damage that was happening to NFL yeah, players. Right, there right. was a movie that came out with Will Smith around the same time, so there were other things that could have affected the the, the drop in viewership. Yeah. But um, it sort of made me think that even though the letter was sort of a lot of people interpreted it uh, as an attack on the left, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just as uh, it's just as prevalent in can- cancel culture yeah. is just as prevalent in the right. Interesting. Like yeah. I think everybody's guilty of it. Yeah. They just have different ways of going about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what was it like? Were there like I think that there was like people setting Nike shoes on fire, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. and and um, yeah. I guess that's interesting. Like I I tend to think of it as something that like right right wing people attack attack left wing people for um actually um but then again you know i hadn't even thought about this in a long time but do you know tommy lauren yeah 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 yeah. so she's a conservative blonde blonde go police go america yeah my guns this is interesting so she went on the view um which is a tv show which is more Probably, I think they try to have Whoopi like Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg's yeah, yeah. on there, um, and uh, and a few other people, and they're they're I think they bring it. They have like one almost token conservative yeah, yeah. and three left leaning people. Daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. So I could be getting the facts wrong, so you might check this. Okay. But I believe she admitted on that show that she was pro choice, pro choice, pro choice, and then um, Fox News cut her show. Mm-hmm. And then there was all this stuff about did she get control over her own Facebook account or did someone else right. and everything. So actually, you're, you're totally right. Like, um, all she said was, you know, I think it was a very classic libertarian views where you keep out of my guns and keep out of my uterus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, to a degree, like, it wasn't people that canceled her, though. It was Glenn Beck, I think. Okay. I don't know. It was that, like, another... Uh, I don't know if it was Glenn Beck, but... Yeah, yeah. She got... She got, um, she, they tried to pull her platform. But if you look at her Twitter account now, she's still doing plenty of things and she still has plenty of followers. So I don't think she was completely canceled. But, um, yeah, I guess, um, it would be interesting. Uh, It would be really interesting to look, to to think of it less, you know, and and it could possibly be a really positive thing to think Mm -hmm. about cancel culture as less of a right wing, left wing thing and more of just a a tactic that people are trying to use Mm -hmm. to silence people. Yeah. And, um, and you know but yeah yeah and and is there is there a better way like why didn't fox news try to um um get tommy lauren to to come onto a show and explain mm. why she was pro-choice and have someone who was pro-life yeah like debate with her like yeah. their ratings would like like people sure. on the left would watch that yeah, you sure. know so it's like they missed an opportunity mm. there and so, especially yeah. they're such big proponents of a free speech idea as yeah. a right wing yeah, like, yeah. company I guess yeah but unless it, you're yeah. uh, pro choice <laughs> yeah and I think interesting that's the thing very like, interesting yeah because yeah. I wonder a lot about that is and you just touched on it is that we shouldn't look at cancel culture as a p- political thing yeah we should look at it as and question 
why are people this upset about all these things? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. everybody from any um, perspective is get is choosing or allowing something yeah. to upset them. Yeah. Why? Why are we letting, why are we making it pick a side? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's more why a people we, problem. Yeah. Yeah. In in my eyes. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what political side you have. Some yeah. people just sometimes people just get angry at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, and and we don't like. Yeah, it is it is interesting because there's you know, and I think we all kind of worry that maybe there's something that's not like not inflammatory now that might be later, and 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 you know, you never know what's going to happen. But for sure. Um, but we, I think intent matters. I yeah. think intent matters um, as well. But but that is a very interesting point that I hadn't thought about much before. So yeah. I think that's a great kind of question to end with, perhaps. So, for sure. Yeah. You got, yeah. Go, you, you got your dinner. <laughs> well, not just yet. That's all good. Like... No, 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 that's fine. We've been going for a while. I didn't check yeah. the time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it a yeah, lot. Yeah, that Seriously. was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Beautiful. Cool. I'm just quickly double, uh, doing the recording again. So you can plug all your stuff. Plug whatever you want to say. Okay. Tell us, tell everybody who oh. you are, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Alex Morris, and uh, you can find anything that I'm working on on my social media. So if you just look on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for Alex Morris Wright, W-R-I-T-E, um, you should be able to find it all. Okay. Thanks. Beautiful.